think and not believe in God to for these things, not believing God for dreams and visions, not believing God for prophecy, to give prophecy, not believing God that he can speak to you through the Scripture, not believing God that you can pray and God will sanctify what your, your, your thoughts and speak even through your own mouth to yourself. You hear what I'm saying to you? Because I know I can, people, a lot of people, oh, you've got to be somebody special. Turn to 2 Kings 2, and I'm going to finish here. But I want to just show you this. This is great here. This is really how the Lord spoke all this to me. It's through this scripture. Elijah had a, a guy named Elisha who was going to take over Elijah's ministry because Elijah was going to die or he was going to leave the earth and he didn't die. But it was time for his time was over with here. And Elisha was sort of his servant. You know, he, he took care of Elijah. And so it was time for Elijah to depart. And Elijah was asking Elisha what he wanted. And, uh, you know, he drug him all over the countryside. If you read, go back and read the whole thing. So it was when they crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what may I do for you before I'm taken away from you? Elisha said, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. That was his request. And, uh, by the way, he got that. Because he had exactly, if you go back and study the miracles of Elijah, he had two times exactly double the number of miracles that Elijah had. Twice the number. But his last, this is interesting, his last miracle that he had, because if you read all his miracles, you think he didn't, he lacked one miracle. But he did get one more miracle after he died. There were some guys, I don't remember what the scripture reference is, but there was bearing a fella one day, and, the, and uh, these raiders came and, so they got in a hurry and just threw the guy's body in, and it happened to hit the bones of Elisha. And when it hit him, the guy was raised from the dead. Isn't that powerful? So he got his last miracle after he was gone. They, the guy, they just threw this little dead guy in his grave, and the, the dead guys, somebody knows where that scripture is. One of you CSM students should be able to quote that off the top of your head, because I think we read it one night in there. But that's, that was his last miracle, that was, and he doubled the number of miracles that Elijah had. I just I thought that was cool. It doesn't make, might not mean anything right now, but so he said. So he said in verse ten, "You have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me, now I want you to get this. If you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. If you see me when I am taken taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so." So he was talking about here's you want this deal, you want this prayer answered, then you've got to see me when I am taken from you. You got to be able to watch this thing out, okay? You ever seen pictures of Elijah being taken from the earth? In some Bibles, they have these little cute pictures. Then it happened as they continued on and talked, and suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. In other words, this chariot of fire with these horses, they were standing there talking, and all of a sudden this chariot of fire comes between them, okay? And most pictures show old Elijah up on that chariot of fire going to heaven, right? Most people think that, right? I used to think that. I just assumed that. But guess what? It didn't say that. It says this. Elisha went up by whirlwind into heaven. That's what it says. Now, I want you to get this. Y'all look at me with these blank stares on your face like, this is important. Elisha went up. Elijah went up by the whirlwind. He did not go up in the chariot of fire. 
the chariot of fire came between them. Elijah said, you gotta, you got to see me when I'm taken up. Now, how many of us, if a chariot of fire come rolling in here this morning, what would you be looking at? You'd be looking at this chariot of fire. See, that chariot of fire was sent from God to see if Elijah could watch Elijah, who was over here on a whirlwind, being taken to heaven. See, there was a spectacular thing that came. The spectacular thing was from God. It was God that sent that thing. But he didn't send it down there to, to bring Elijah home. He sent the whirlwind to bring Elijah. He sent the thing for Elisha. See, Elijah was giving Elisha his greatest test. You know, the test that, that Elijah had passed many times, and that test was being, being able to hear the still, small voice of God in spite of what was going on around him. You see what I'm saying to you? And that's really our test. If you really want to move into what God has for you and be able to really hear God, you've got, got to be able to hear that little thing no matter what is happening in your life. It can be something wonderful from God. It can be a chair of fire that's come down. And you know, old Elisha knew it was there. It said Elisha saw it and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and his horsemen. So he saw him no more. He took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces, grabbed old Elijah's mantle and slammed it to the Jordan River, and it separated. He, had, he saw that, but he didn't take his eyes off on Elijah. Got to get you focused, you know, on the right thing. You know what I'm saying? And, and so you see how all the... Did you get that? Did you get how, how God wants to... Everything, how God works... You know, in speaking to us, there's this underlying thing of a still small voice. And, and you're looking for, and I'm not, okay, you are. Many of you are looking for some dynamic, spectacular, awesome experience with God, and you're missing God talking to you. Because He's talking, but He's talking low. He's talking in a whisper. And many times, God will, God will move. And it'll be God, but we'll be distracted by that and miss what He's saying to us. Do you get it? And that, if we can take that one principle of being able to hear God talk in a still, small voice, no matter what's going on around us, and be able to discern that no matter what's going on around us, because it's hard to do. It would be hard to do what Elisha did. Because Elijah said, it's a hard thing you're asking. This is not easy. But we have to train ourselves to hear the whispers of God in our dreams. The whispers of God in the Scripture. The whispers of God in nature. The whispers of God in the impressions that you get, the pictures that you get. As you develop that, no matter what happens, whether all hell is broken loose around you, or, you know, you're in the middle of the great revival of God that He's going to bring into the earth, you know, but a lot of people are going to get caught in the great revival of God. They don't, they're going to get messed up. They're going to get sideways in it, which, you know, that happens all the time. That's normal. But I don't want to be one of those people. Are y'all with me? And I believe what God wants to do is train a people to hear the little gentle breeze that He brings, a still small voice. Amen? So, yeah. I grew up uh, in Iowa, and uh, we were at, we, I raised sheep when I was a little kid for 4-H and I was my dad gave me some sheep to raise I just wanted to paint this picture God shared or reminded me of it when I was a, a child and by this time I was no older than 12 
so I was pretty young, there would be sheep every year, it seemed like, that a mother would abandon its lamb or die, and the lamb would have no, nothing to feed it. it wouldn't, none of the other sheep would take it. So I had to go out every morning with a 7-Up bottle. I'd mix some formula and go out, put a nipple on it, and feed the sheep. In the middle of the day, not during feeding time, I could walk out, and that sheep would come to me out of the midst of all of those other sheep. Now, if I got in the pen and walked around, the other sheep would run away. But that lamb would come to me before I even stepped in there, and I'd put my finger out, and it would suck on my finger, knowing me. And I think uh, what the Lord was showing me this morning is that a prequel to this message is that we have to know who's feeding us before we can hear his voice. Like, we have to expect that. And unlike me, <coughs> God's not going to just stick out a dry finger to suck on. He's going to give us milk. We have to know who's going to feed us. That's good. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I believe the Lord, you know, <coughs> I believe this message was from the Lord. I hope you did, but <laughs> I wouldn't say that if I didn't. Um, really does want to teach us how to hear his voice in a greater way. And um, so next Sunday, I was, you know, Dennis DeGrasse will be here. He's a prophet, and he'll be here Sunday morning, Sunday night. For those who want personal ministry Sunday night, you can come. But he'll be here to speak to the church. But this morning... Um, we're going to do communion. And this is something wonderful about communion, okay? This is what's wonderful about it. Uh, Jesus said something like this. This is a real serious paraphrase. You don't really have any part in me unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood. That's, that's what he said. You don't have any part in me unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood. And I think part of what we have to do is we have to identify with the Lord when he was on this earth. We have to identify with what he went through. That's what, you hear what I'm saying to you? When he walked on this earth, we had to identify that. Here's what we can do. This is, this is something tremendous that helped me recently. I was trying to pray. It was one of those having a good thought life that morning. <laughs> so I thought, well, Lord, I just can't seem to get connected. What am I going to do? And I felt like the Lord started reminding me of the Garden of Gethsemane. So I started back at the Garden of Gethsemane and started going through all that Jesus went through, starting there. And I said, Lord, I just really thank you for being in anguish in the Garden of Gethsemane. I thank you that you was in such anguish that you were sweating blood. I thank you that you suffered those closest to you falling asleep on you in your greatest hour. I thank you that when you were taken and betrayed by somebody you had poured your life into, you were betrayed. I thank you that man that one day would be the, one of the greatest leaders of the church, you suffered that man denying you and still loved him. And I just went through all the way to the resurrection of the things that the Lord had experienced. And that's, it had a, it had a major impact on me. Um, because it says, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. To remember what Jesus has done for you. To remember what he went through on this earth. And now he's in heaven 
ever living to intercede. It says you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. In other words, you're, you're, you're remembering not only what he did, but you're proclaiming that he's going to come back. He's alive still. And that can give you life. It's simple. It's a simple thing, but it can impart life to you. And it's one of those things. It's a lot like the rolling marquee across the Scripture. Jesus sweated drops of blood. No, it's just in there. Jesus sweated drops of blood for us. Jesus did not want to go to the cross, not because he's a friend, but because he was going to be separated from the Father for us. Now, that's, that is the gospel message. That's the truth. And I believe, as we, and I believe if, if you will focus on those things in your life, then God will speak to you. When you're depressed or when you can't get engaged with God, you can't get connected with God, have communion with God. Abide in God. Go back there. Go back to the Garden of Gethsemane. Go back there and start and abide with Him there and go through it with Him. Just go right down the line. You'll find that God's in it. And you'll find, I believe this, you'll find your life changed by it. Amen? And that's what we want to do in, in this morning. We'll get a couple people up here. Is just uh, remember what the Lord's done for us. That's what communion's all about. We're going to remember what He did. And, and now the Scripture says don't do it unworthy and all that. And we can't do it unworthy. We, we need to appropriate those things for our life. We need to appropriate the broken body of Jesus this morning and the poured out blood. Because what he just said was those sheep knew him because they had tasted him. They had sucked on his finger. You know, and I think we can taste the Lord this morning by faith. We can taste Jesus this morning. So here's what I want to do. I want to just pray and give you a moment to sit there and pray and just be before the Lord to really ask the Lord to impart a taste for him. Andy will play some music. And when you, when you feel so... Uh, you feel like you want to come, you come right up this middle aisle. Okay? And then, you know, if you, you want to stay around and fellowship or pray, whatever you want to do, you know, you're free. Amen? So, Lord Jesus, thank you this morning. Thank you that you are our shepherd. Lord God, thank you. Thank you that you do reach your hand out to us, Lord, and feed us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we can nurse at your breast this morning. You are the many-breasted one. And dear God, I just ask you, Lord, we're not looking for a spectacular event this morning because there has been a spectacular event in heaven, Lord, when you hung on that cross, and we want to remember those things. Lord, I just pray if there's anybody here that don't know you this morning or who's backslidden. There's backsliders in this room. There's backsliders in this room. You're backslidden. There's people in here who really not follow the Lord at all. I mean, and the Lord is crying out to you this morning. He's calling out to you. He's saying this to you. I want to be your shepherd. I want to talk to you. I want to redeem you. And that would be a tremendous way how to give your life back to God is to repent and come and receive communion this morning. You know, you can go to somebody and, you know, just ask them to pray with you. But Father, we thank you for that, Lord. We ask you, Lord, this morning, Lord, corporately, that you would do something as we share your body, your broken body, your poured out blood. Lord, we sincerely say this this morning. Thank you for doing that for us. Thank you for allowing your body, Lord, to be hung on that cross. Thank you for letting those soldiers beat you, Lord, and mock you, and punch you, 
Thank you for letting them put that old thorn of crowns on your head and beat it into your head. Put that purple robe on. Mock you, Lord. Then rip it off of you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that as you walked up to Calvary, Lord, you couldn't even bear that cross, Lord. They had to get somebody to help you carry it because your body was so weak. God, we thank you for that today. We declare that. That is our God. That's our God. That's our God. And Lord, we just want to say to you, you're worth it. And you're alive today. You're not dead. And Lord, you'll come back, Lord, victorious. Lord, I, I just want to say, Lord, even as I as we were worshiping this morning, that song about overcoming, I felt we are overcomers. We are overcomers because of that man who took that journey up to Calvary and hung up there. And Lord, I know the gates of hell will not stand against the cross. And Lord, I thank you for that. And we just say, bring your blood down on us now. Cleanse every sin in this room. Cleanse every heart, God. Heal everybody, Lord. It says, by your stripes we're healed. Heal, God. Heal. Oh, God, you, our God hung on that cross. Our God went into that grave. Our God came out. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for it. We worship you for it, Lord. We bless you for it. Lord, we apply it to our lives, God. Amen, Lord. Amen.
Lord of the ages, God before time.